I can't remember what or like what we look like on the inside of our bodies. I can't yeah. remember the context he brought that up in, but I was like, oh my God, this is why people yeah. fist. And you know, in hindsight, I was like, yeah, I'm interesting in fisting aesthetics. <laughs> like every piece of art, anything that's a presentation to the world, in order for it to actually be subversive, for it to actually be important, for it to actually be creative, for it to actually be imaginative and thinking beyond the end of the world, it has to engage power. Is this thing recording? Is it on? Have you seen any of that show? Um, Madison show, like the new one or like the one with Kaya? <laughs> no, the new one. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I haven't seen the new one. Okay, it's on like one of the BTS. I love T.S. Madison. Like, Thank what you. a legend! What a legend! Real bitches only, and that bitch is so funny. Yeah, no, she really is. Like, wow. I feel like, I feel like, especially among Black people, but also just in general, comedians seem a lot more forced and produced to me nowadays, you know? It's so formulaic, oh, you know? a thousand percent. It's like, oh, I have a to thousand percent. write jokes these ways so I can get, like, a three-series Netflix special. And it's like, bitch, you're not funny, though. You're not funny. The like, last white girl to do it was uh, Phoebe... Phoebe 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 Bridgers. What her name? <laughs> I, no, not that one. That's what I'm trying not to say. Phoebe Waller, mm. the one who made Fleabag. Fleabag, yeah. Now, now her. We was he he in and ha ha. Premier white woman, honestly. That is such a good show. Such a good yes, show. Yeah, I feel like humor is only funny if it's dark. I really think so. I guess that's what it is. Maybe that's just me. That's why you and Nihal do get along because Nihal's always saying that. He thinks the only way to move through life is to think that you're in he's like everyone moves through life as if they're in a different kind of like a different genre of novel and he's like the only right way to do it is if you're in a dark comedy yeah and i'm like yeah i feel like my friends who i feel like are the funniest and i align with their sense of humor like you i feel like yeah like this bitch does walk around thinking she's in a dark comedy you know yeah no literally <laughs> that reminds me the other day i took a 500 milligram edible which I thought it was fake. I had never heard of that. And my friend brought it to me and he was like, oh, uh, my friend was like, I like this fucked me up. But he was like, um, I'm going to give it to somebody who I know who can handle it. So I was like, of course, me, bitch. Like, it is she. It is me. Girl, when I, when I tell you that edible fucked me up, like, I was like projectile vomiting like fucking Jesus. Shrek in my house. <laughs> he does now bitch (laughs) but bitch i was so sick but anyway Mm. i had like i was almost felt my like my my fucking brain about a like snap and maybe it kind of did because i was like a little bum bum beat him like while i was taking a shower but then i was thinking I have a point. I was thinking, mm. like, I was making jokes at my, like, with myself. Like, I was taking a shower, and I was like, one thing I always tell myself is, like, bitch, the hospital is always there if you need to go. <laughs> and I was saying that to myself, and I realized how funny it was. And, like, something about, like, making jokes or, like, like recalling jokes that I find funny while I was in that state really helped, like, helped me stay together and, like, was, like, the thread that, mm. like, pulled me back to, like, my rational, stable mm. self. And I was, like, humor is so powerful. <laughs> Do you think it was because the part of your brain that was functioning realized, like, oh, if you were dead right now, you wouldn't be able to find something funny? <laughs> or, you know what I mean? I think like, it might be. <laughs> you, you know, like, was, was it, like, an awareness I can see, I can see your- I know, like, cause I'll tell you how I read that. I read that as, I take one, I take one hit out of a bong <laughs> like, yeah, and I start thinking best... about when I was two and a half years old and like the first That's snowflake. Um, and then it's like two hours of like textures and like sounds Ooh. from my past. And then 
I just, but not, not like in an interesting museum way, more like in a, maybe I always have, I've always like, if Elon Musk is successful at his, you know, brain bomb technology, I would really love to figure out what those things are. Cause I feel like they're little fragments from my senses before I was, there are things that for whatever reason, the first time I saw them became ingrained. They don't have meaning to me anymore. Like, like, like pieces of like a, a yard sign or like, like a sign that you see when you're driving that I know probably don't have meaning, but my child self saw them and like attached meaning to them. I don't know, but I would love to like, just like see well, them why, all somewhere, like a little not collage. To like, um, Cause that's what I see when yeah. I'm high. Uh, well, I was no, going to go say, why, why do you feel like it has no meaning? Like you just said, your child self thinks it has meaning. <laughs> that's true. Yes, that's very true. It's not that they don't have meaning. It's that they, I, oh, I can't okay, make yeah. sense of it. Yeah, I can't I mean, make sense bitch. of the meaning. Yeah, like my brain can't make sense of the meaning. But right, like just because that's true doesn't mean it doesn't. Yeah. So you were thinking about how funny it is that <laughs> when you feel detached from reality, you always tell yourself the hospital is still there. <laughs> and then in the shower, <laughs> that made you think, oh, I'm like, this is grounding. So why do you think it was grounding? I don't know. Cause it was, I was like telling it to myself in a joking way. And maybe it wasn't like what I was actually thinking. Like maybe the joke itself wasn't funny, but just like connecting back to that part of myself. That's like dark and funny. Um, mm. Or like understands mm. the world in that type of dark comedy way. Like just like mm. thinking in that way, like pulled me back. And then bitch, I went to sleep and it was like, what else was I going to do? The thing I was going to mention yeah. now that well, I remember is that part of part of being high sometimes is just confronting that anxiety. When you're high, like when you're really high, do you feel um, like, do you feel parts of your, do you feel unable to access parts of your identity? I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. And I don't mean like, are you straight when you're high? I mean, like, <laughs> so when, so the times that I've been really high, um, I, which is why I don't smoke and cannot is, and it does get scary for me. It's like, I can't, I, I probably do have access to it, but I get anxious and I start to think that I don't like granular things that I, that I associate with myself, not like data and information. Like I'll remember my birthday. I'll remember my name, but like, mm -hmm. I won't know how to feel about something. And that scares me. You know, like I'll be watching something like just to say, it's like, what like, though? Um, um, mm, like, like a TV show, like I'm watching Scandal and I'm really high. And if I'm sober, you know, I might have thoughts like, oh, like, you know, Olivia is a black woman and that means X, Y, Z in this scene. I won't be able to. I just feel like I'm, I'm an observer with like no. Maybe it's like I start to, I feel like I'm losing the ability to like be opinionated and that stresses me out. Cause I'm like, well, if I can't be opinionated, does that mean I don't have opinions? And then that turns into, oh, maybe I'm not a person. Maybe I'm not here. Maybe I'm dead. Like that's kind of the trajectory. When you like, when you took the edible, did you? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Can we, can we just acknowledge that? <laughs> I feel like that's a very logical trajectory. Y'all don't be feeling that way five miles per hour bitch that's fucking i mean i can see that right like i can see the and i definitely relate to watching something or thinking something and then turning completely right on that yeah. thought and like going crazy or whatever um but i think that i think that like you need to intentionally not think like just surrender to the feeling of being high <laughs> like don't don't try to like stay on top of it bitch that's when that's that's like that's like you doing too much you know did you know yeah. freud did a bunch of coke yeah maybe that's like common knowledge mm -hmm. but i can see how doing a bunch of coke would lead you to his conclusions right rightfully so it provides a certain kind of clarity yeah. around desire, at least in my certainly non-experiential experiences. A certain clarity, you know? You're like, Yeah, oh. I think that is true, actually. 
I th- and I think that's yeah. actually kind of related to my edible story yeah. earlier. Like, even though I was kind of like going crazy, like mm. there is a certain type of clarity you have when you're on drugs. And you know, maybe that's the part that's like addicting to people. Mm-hmm. Like that, like, uh, yeah, that connection with that, like, I don't know. I don't even know what you would. That's interesting. Cause, um, yeah, no, like, um, like, yes, drugs do things to your brain and, um, the effects are so generalized that the possibility that like being really high could provide you something that we would call clarity is like and again right to your point of the class shit and the race shit it's like like when you hear white people talking about hallucinogens right and the clarity the spiritual clarity that it provides them i've never seen myself like this i've never thought about the world like this you wouldn't t- you wouldn't say that a black person doing crack is experiencing right. a form of clarity, but for some black people doing crack, they certainly are experiencing so a form of clarity. Like clarity You're can so mean many right. fucking things. You know what I mean? Like if by if by clarity you mean uh-huh. a certainty, uh, 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 a confidence yeah. in a feeling, anyone who has ever seen someone high on crack right. knows they are certain that that is where they want to fucking be right then and there. Have you ever met someone high on crack who's ambivalent? No, that's not what the drug does. The the drug does not invite you to be ambivalent. It invites you to a kind kind of certitude, you know, a certainty, Um, which isn't to say it's not damaging and destructive and addictive in these things. There has to be so many many people get addicted to it, which also kind of makes it like the cruelest trick, right? The fact that it provides this sort of clarity it's like yeah yeah. how is it that this thing that literally destroys your life is also or can destroy your life is also the thing that provides you with the clarity that like literally brings you back to yourself and that makes the whole thing like bearable that's really sad and the implicit flip side to that right is that what if clarity isn't something you're allowed to have while you're sober right like when i talk to my friends who smoke a lot of weed who are high through most of the day like it reminds me that um because i don't smoke weed because i like can't and but i I use that which is meth Um, (laughs) which is meth right i i certainly feel a fucking clarity when i take my right and i'm like oh if you niggas are experiencing anything like the clarity I feel when I'm taking Adderall, when you smoke weed, I can totally understand why you would be enraged that people think of the practice exactly. as something that is like, oh, it's out of your control. You're just a stoner. Like, no, I'm making, I'm making, which yeah. isn't to say that's true for every yeah. drug to the same regard, but like, I'm making calculated decisions based on how no, I it's so true. feel in the world. Yeah. You know? No, that's very true. Especially Adderall. Like, when I take Adderall, bitch, I am like, yeah and and there's like a it's like clarity but like that clarity is literally like pleasurable too like i can't help but think that like when i'm like deep in my like writing sometimes and i'm like on adderall like the only reason why i take adderall i'm like yo this feels amazing bruh it's just me god and this computer bruh like (laughs) bitch just goddamn making something happen seeing something yeah. and like manifesting it early. <laughs> seeing something you fool yeah because the expectation that you're <laughs> right okay okay the expectation that you're supposed to always be able to and want to manifest something yeah. out of nothing is really fucking wild to me um even if we didn't live in the world we lived in it would be wild to me like if we were still cavemen walking around scratching our booty holes, the idea that I'm just supposed to want to create something or that I'm supposed to have a plan and 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 see it through in excess of like meeting my basic needs, yeah, that absolutely. doesn't make sense. That is that is a byproduct of yeah, like the no, fact that we have to work, literally. that we have to provide labor, right? Yeah. So I'm like, oh yeah, it makes a lot of fucking sense to me that the clarity that these drugs provide folks would not only become addictive, but would also be a part of a calculated decision 
to withstand or yeah. to enjoy the shit you have to do. Like I was telling Anissa earlier today, because mm-hmm. I was talking to Anissa and Yesenia, I was telling them how like, and I mean, you've probably experienced this too. I was like, when I call y'all out of the blue, <laughs> I am high. <laughs> because at least in my current state of life, the only time that I really understand how important my relationships mm-hmm. are, like how important my relationships to my friends are, is when mm-hmm. I'm using that. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I feel an emptiness that Yesenia mm-hmm. can really easily fill. And and maybe she's feeling that too. And, and maybe I'll give her a call. Like those things don't occur to me the way that mm-hmm. I wish they would. Right? It's not because I don't know they're important. It's not because I don't love my friends. It's because you're an Aries It's because move. I'm not good at... <laughs> there you go. And that's certainly true. That's certainly true. Like I, but but maybe that's the thing, right? I'm like, like, in general, I'm like, yes, I'm aware that like I need to be vigilant about being proactive because I'm not naturally proactive when it comes to relationships mm-hmm. across the board. But when I'm taking Adderall, that knowledge doesn't hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. It's a very yeah. clear plan. It's like you're not good about being proactive about your relationships. Yeah. You know what you could do right now? Practice that real quick. Yeah. See how it feels. I mean, know? for what it's worth, I don't think that about you at all. Like, I think you're a very proactive friend. Um, I just think it's, like, hard to be grown and, like, sustain friendships, like, when you have all these demands being done on you. But I think that what matters is that each time you do check in with your friends, it is meaningful and it is intentional and you like set out the time mm-hmm. to actually speak to them and like hear them out on whatever they're going through or whatever. And just like, you know, like literally catch up, do what friends do. Um, so yeah, I think. Which is yeah. kind of what we've been doing, right? Like even when we, yeah. Yeah. And that's something that for the most part, I think I've held in the podcast too, is like outside of people I didn't know, if I know you and you're coming on the podcast, we're not going to start off like with questions. We, I just need to right. figure out exactly. what's going on. Which exactly. is, yeah. And I feel like that's yeah. what people, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of what people want. Like, I think it's more honest to like have yeah. viewers listen to uh, like witness a conversation than to be like talked at. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially between. T- yeah. Two yeah, iconic absolutely. Leo Gemini's. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Which is part of why Wiley is thinking about this return to warm for the podcast. Everyone is like, we don't want to. Yeah, we we know how we know that we are all called in different ways to do that work in our own lives, like to sublimate that desire to just talk with people mm-hmm. and like get to know people. Because it's not efficient, mm-hmm. it's not productive, um, it's it takes time, it it opens you up to all sorts of like political questions around is this person even a good person? Do I even like this person? What have you? Um, that can cloud working relationships, that can prevent you know profit. But um, I find it so much yeah. more fucking interesting, um, you know, even for its little diversions and you know inside jokes. I don't actually. I would much rather listen to someone's inside joke that I don't get than like, yeah, yeah be talked at. Are you purposely? You know? And obviously, you know, we try to find a meeting. Are you purposely huh? using like psychoanalytic words today? Because <laughs> you've used so many of them. No, it's probably like, just, now, you know, know, now I understand. I literally learned what sublimate was this week, bitch. You've mentioned sublimate, perversion, perversion. Now, see, like, funny. bitch, what's up? Look, it's so funny you say that because I, look, I'm not even going to hold y'all. I use words out of context Dang. all the time. And once in a while, I'll discover that a word I've been using for years does not mean what I've been using it to mean. Like, I didn't even know sublimate had its origins in psychoanalysis. I thought it just meant, and I guess it, it probably doesn't mean it popularly, like to just minimize or to mute, but yeah. it's, it's not, yeah, it, it has a very particular yeah. connotation. That I'm probably getting wrong. Sublimate, what sublimate means, I think, I think it means um, when you, like, basically when a perversion is redirected in, like, a useful way. 
So, like, let's say you, like, are a sadist and you sublimate that perversion, right? Because it's labeled a perversion. It, it That's another thing. Sublimate has to do with turning a perversion into a socially acceptable thing. Mm. So it seems, it's funny how, like, in that kind of, like, vacuum, you're, like, it means to, like, lessen. <laughs> like, um... Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, it, it takes, yeah. like, it's supposed okay. to be, like, a redirection of the perversion. Um, mm. So let's play it back. Let's see if I used it right. So I said something about sublimating the desire to, like, mm-hmm. want to know. Well, I would say I'd use it wrong, but you could argue I used it okay if maybe you think about, if you flip the script and say, like, in today's world, like, you know, getting to know someone is a perversion because what you mm-hmm. should be, you know, like, I don't know. So it's probably doesn't work in psychoanalysis. Like, like if I gave that shit to Marianne Dome, she would give that? me an F because she's like, this is what it means. The psychoanalytic professor I at Berkeley. Love... I took me and Kevin. See, to I love, and this is another thing too. Like, I've always been interested in psychoanalysis, but it's, it has just never come to me in class. So I've been, like, following psychoanalysis through, like, my own path this year. So I've been, like, getting all my answers, like, all my questions answered. And part of why I turned to psychoanalysis, like, literally, is because I wanted to know more, like, smart sex terms. Like, I wanted to know how people were thinking about sex um, or how they were describing sex. And actually, it's been really Mm. powerful to, like, really learn that sort of, like, psychiatric history Mm. Um or psychiatric framing of, mm. of sex, sexuality, really. Um, because that literally it was, it, mm-hmm. sexuality was, was used, first used in the late 19th century. Like that's when sexuality as like a discourse, like emerged as like a thing. Um, before then there was like, it was just, people just referred to like my sex, you know, like in those like biblical or like Renaissance things or like Shakespeare, like mm. he touched my sex, like shit like that. Mm. Um, or those like British texts, like I think mm. even Fifty Shades of Grey was like that. Like I think she referred to her vagina as her sex. But anyway, um, why did I bring that up again? Yeah. Oh right, right. I just, because yeah, I just found psychoanalysis these, yeah. on my own, and like the first psychoanalytic text I read this year was um, about raw fucking, <laughs> about like bareback sex. And I was like, this is the perfect place for me to learn about this. And it was literally organic. Like, he was talking about mm. all types of shit I was interested in there. Mm. And like, you know, like the 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 fetish as like a as like a psychological thing, but also as like a cultural phenomenon, like as a I don't know, like as a history itself. Mm. Um and also like, wait, my favorite thing that I learned about that book is like, and this was making me thinking this was this was making me think of fisting. But he says something like psychoanalytically, like we all have the desire to know what's inside our bodies. And I can't remember what or like what we look like on the inside of our bodies. I can't yeah. remember the context he brought that up in, but I was like, oh my God, this is why people yeah. fist. And you know, in hindsight, I was like, yeah, I'm interesting in fisting aesthetics. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, like, you know, like it's actually kind of fascinating to watch like a prolapse video. Like, you know what I mean? I think that's why it, those types of videos always go like viral or, or something. Like it's, it's absolutely yeah. It is really interesting because you don't you see a video of a prolapse anus and think this is an argument, <laughs> but it is kind of like they are making an argument about like not only like what is sexual, what is sexy, but also like, but it's also educational might be the wrong word. But it is very literally like no, look literally. at what this have you ever seen this? This is this Indian, is Indian. your ass you know like literally this come is out not, of you like you're 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 like this is an animation love this is yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can go to and you can go to work the next day <laughs> they do it all the time like it's not bitch that night girl yeah 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 that is so interesting yeah um. Hmm. What we what I kind of want to turn to now, though, is um, you were talking about um, your your reading psychoanalysis, and you had mentioned to me something about 
reading Sylvia Winter uh, recently and thinking about sex. So what is, what is, um, what are you thinking about? Or what is she thinking about? What is she not thinking about? What are you not so thinking like, about? Like, what's the, what's the. So really what it was actually is that I was reading Beyond Miranda's Readings. Yeah, Beyond Miranda's Readings, which is an essay in which Sylvia Winter is, you know, makes her claims about um, humanism, right? Or like, right, like that whole thing. Um, or against humanism, and she 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 reads the Tempest, which is a play by Shakespeare, and she reads the characters of Miranda and the Caliban. I don't really know the intricacies of the play because I've never read it, um, but in that essay, she's like thinking about she's thinking about gender and sexuality and like its racialized class connotations, and then. At the same time that I was reading that, I also stumbled upon Greg Tom. That's his name, right? Greg Thomas from Tufts. Yeah, I stumbled mm-hmm. upon his essay. I think it's like sex and sexuality. Yeah. The five second version is he's goes to he basically reads right Mar- Sylvia's essay, um, bringing on Mar- Miranda's meanings, is an essay that talks about a lot of things. But I think he kind of. St- looks puts on like sex glasses and looks for the implications of her argument um in the way we think about sex and sexuality more or less and making making that relationship more clear between what i had just described as how sex is a part of this conceptual foundation right that humanism has already like usurped the category also i'm nobody steal my ideas hold on because i'm writing about these things so tell your people not to steal my shit. <laughs> but um yeah, like just like thinking about how yeah, like humanism, like and again this naturalization of blackness that's literally slave black blackness and indigeneity, right? Because that's another part that's super crucial and native, right? Um, has already like usurped the category of sex, like and sexuality, so that even like what we think is like an expression of desire is still somehow like caught up in power. Um, It's still kind of subjected to the condition of being that we are a part of. He like, he cleared that up for me. He made that sort of connection, even though like, of course, like inherently Mm -hmm. by virtue of like what she's talking about humanism, right? Like the fundamental conceptual ground we stand on, like, include sexuality i think there's still it is that need to like engage her engage this like rejection of humanism through through sexuality or rather look at how sexuality or yeah sex sexuality formation has to do with this like epistemic mutation right like we learn how to desire within a world that has separated us into separate levels of being human that's fascinating to me like how does that not impact your sexual life your sexual lives um and right which is why like that one time kevin which is why it just reminds me that one time kevin was like all uh, sex is race play and people were like what right like that's it is like well depending on what you mean by sex and race how could it not be be, no it literally um, which is also why I feel like we, which is also why I feel like me and you are like, when we see slave play, we're like, right. okay, but like, right. has it said, any, right. has it said anything or has this just, or, or is this just an right. exhibition? Exactly. Of that it's reality? literally an exhibition. Which isn't, which isn't, which isn't to say that an exhibition right. can't be interesting, but it doesn't mean that every, every exhibition, you know, every interesting thing sometimes like, no, every interesting thing isn't an exhibition and every exhibition mm-hmm. is interesting. Like you could just be, I mean, like that's the same thing when it's like, you know, oh, you know, this new drama where a black woman loses her son to police violence. Okay. The problem is not some, you know, representation of, you know, cause once you divorce yourself from representation and all that, you, you're not harmed by seeing yeah. the real thing. Cause you have seen the real thing, right. you know, the real thing. So it's not a question of harm as much as it's a question of like, so as Azealia said, so <laughs> what now? <laughs> what now? 
<laughs> no, and I think I think what you're so so going so going back no, yes. saying like uh what you're saying about it being an exhibition I think is also really crucial. Like it's not this subversive play that you think it is, my nigga. Like it's not. It's an exhibition. And you know, they didn't they already do that with the color museum? Like, wasn't that already a play? Um, I mean, yeah. It also goes like you you to to call something subversive necessarily implies that the right. thing can be subverted, <laughs> right? Hello. Like, so you're gonna right. subvert? Right. You're gonna subvert <laughs> right. slavery by. Like, and then, and then these niggas be talking to us like, like literally we're literally fucking like we're dumb. And, also, and it's like, okay, but. And also, too, the yeah. fact that this is like on Broadway. Like, that's also the really, like, you know what I mean? In this, like, place that's literally, like, a place where, like, the bourgeois and, like, the upper class masses come to engage with real life right where they get to they get to this and i've read this somewhere or heard somebody say mm-hmm. this about right. plays but it's like where like you know these like upper class people come to engage with stories about like abjection about poverty in this very in, in, on their terms on their terms they're getting the story told on their terms right and so it's like I actually think there can be something interesting done with 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 that with that relationship. I just don't think that was it, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like, right? Because you because from because from the dramaturge side of playwright, you know, uh, uh, uh you know, in Nihal would probably say this too. Like, and he, I forget what Russian person wrote this, but he he had mentioned to me once, like you know, like, um, uh, you know, the the idea of oh, like the play is the it's the invention of this relation oh no i think it was some it was some composer he was talking to me about i forget i have to ask him but he was saying something how like or no maybe he was oh i think he was talking to me about like the beginning of opera mm. or the beginning of the orchestra i don't know he was just saying how like at a certain point it became uncouth to talk during performance because the creators of the show just yeah. made that they just said no you are basically captive here you're yeah. subject to the performance you're not you're yeah. you're not a participant outside of the that dichotomy, but you're certainly not yeah. you are a guest, right? And so and so I understand why some people would think, oh, like, you know, even the way that plays are written about slave play in particular, right? It's like, yeah, force them. Force yeah. them to look at this. Babe, they paid four hundred dollars to come right. sit here. Right. What do you mean force? What do you what what kind of what kind of right. relationship are we talking about? Right. Force as in collected their money, which is I'm, I'm not like get a bag, right. but you're not yeah. killing them right. you're, yeah. by giving them a show. Yeah. Did you watch that um that movie that he adapted, you know, from the Twitter story of the stripper? Oh no, I didn't. Oh. That was to me such a clear indication of what we were just talking about, actually, where like. So, um, Jeremy O'Harris, why do you hate black women? <laughs> well, well, look, look at this, like, it, and it's like, it, I honestly, I, he's not even aware, like he, he probably in his eyes, he's, he, he thinks he's doing it right. Like he thinks he's doing it. Um, God bless her heart, right? But I also think that, like, in that in that story, Zola, which was a story about a black stripper from the hood, it was a very hood-ass story. The jokes within it were very specific to hood life. Like, the fact that this white girl was just... Ha- was a white hood girl was funny as fuck, like, just to begin with, right? Like, and it... And, yeah. like, in his adaptation of the story... It was this middle class retelling of that story. Even the girl, even the girl that played Zola, no shade to her. Like she's a wonderful actress, but her very like performance was so class to me. She was so like she couldn't she she mm-hmm. couldn't get into that. Like and, and good for her. Like she shouldn't have to like change who she is to like you know act like this like mm-hmm. 
poor black bitch, right? Like, you know what I mean? But it was, it was now that we've had this conversation, I'm like, yeah, bruh, like, we've really got to be more critical of, like, the work we think we're doing, bruh, like, as, especially when you're, like, a black cultural producer like that, at that level, like... I don't know, babes. And he and everybody was living for it. He like, you know, when that story first came out, everybody's like, he's gonna direct it. Everybody was living for it. And when I watched it, I was like, this is not this is not it. The Twitter thread was so the Twitter thread was a work of art. And what you have just done is made like a documentary out of it, sort of. Like it was it was not the tea. Mm-hmm. Hopefully people feel the same. I haven't talked to, I haven't talked to other people about it, but Mm. Yeah, I love also too that like all, like yeah. all, all us like black creative gays or whatever the fuck that means like now and now live in this like close proximity to like Jeremy O'Harris's image and like what he's doing. <laughs> like it's always like the talking point when I talk to like a, you know like these like bay niggas. Like I'm like that's so mm-hmm. funny to me like. Mm-hmm. I'm like, baby, no, nothing like that. I'm nothing like, nothing like you bitches. Yeah. I'm nothing, (laughs) nothing of the sort. Nothing of the sort. Oh my God. Yeah. And you know, like, you know, and this is why I like Arthur J. Foote. Say what you will about Arthur J. His lip here. I feel like at a certain point, Arthur J. (laughs) At a certain point, Arthur J. Foote's career, he was so tired of being compared to Spike Lee. He was so tired of Spike Lee even being talked about to him that he had to take a stance at and against Spike Lee as a, as a, as, as an emblem of black filmmaking. Right. And, and, and in a way he had been goaded into that, but it's, but, but also not to take away his agency. He's like, Oh, you want to think, you want to know what I think about Spike Lee as a model of black film? I'll tell you. Right. So I and so I say that only to say that, like, I've 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 and I, you know, I have. Read the whatchamathing of. um, Like the idea that well, certainly the idea that you shouldn't be critical because you're also black and gay, but beyond that, the idea that you shouldn't be critical because. Like. The reason I tell that story is to say, like, not that I, not that me and you have a responsibility to talk shit about Jeremy O'Harris, kinda. but kind of like, Absolutely. like, because if I'm not your audience, I have right. to, I, if I, like if I'm not your audience. And this is something that grad school actually taught me in a weird way. Like, I don't have to be your mm-hmm. audience to be your mm-hmm. critic. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't make Slave Play for me, you didn't make Zola for me, that's fine. But the idea that. I need your permission to criticize or that I have to be included in the audience. First of all, the audience is right. whatever the market deems it. So, and I'm certainly not the audience for slave play because I'm not going to pay right. to watch anything. So, you know, it's like, nah, like, you know, and you know, sometimes I have these little fantasies where I'm like, you know, Jeremy O'Harris opens up Twitter as I'm sure he actually does and searches his name. And he actually, on some level, appreciates things people say because he knows that, yep. well, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But, like. You know, I think, um, you know, it's like an artist thing. I think, like, maybe he's like, you know, at least people are talking. Like, do you know what I mean? Right. Which, and, and I'm like, and, if, and I'm like, okay, if that's true, if all press is good press, then for me, all yeah. shit talking is good shit talking. Um, like we should, I'm fine with having that stance because, you know, if you don't take yeah. me seriously, then why am I taking you? You know, you know what I mean? Like, just, just because that's the thing. The reason I said the AJ story is like, you know, it's like, if you critique something, you know, it's like, it's not that I am waging war against you. I'm just identifying the differences here. And it, 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 um, like it's not necessarily right. about you. Spike well, one, Lee. I appreciate yeah. you talking about the Spike Lee thing in relationship to Arthur J. because I actually didn't know that, and that actually makes me. I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna pay more attention to that now. 
um, and look into that. Like, like I'm thinking specifically of just this one interview where he's just like, there's just like this one quote I'm thinking of where he's like, like, do I think Spike Lee is doing anything interesting for black film? No. Um, and he says something to the effect of like, well, is that even like, regardless of if that's the question you're asking mm-hmm. me or not, that's my answer because I am thinking about yeah. black film in this way. Right. So it's it's like, you know, it's like when black people talk about like, oh, say what you want about yeah. Tyler Perry, but at least he's rich and successful. Right. No one's disputing that. Right. That doesn't mean that I have yeah. to think Medea is yeah. interesting. Right. 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 And like the moment you tie profit or public response to the worth of something or the interestingness of it. Of course, I wouldn't have agency to say this thing is fucking annoying and uninteresting because I'm not the market. I'm not a millionaire. And here's another thing, too. Like, I feel like middle class humor is very much like stunt queen, stunt queen stuff. And, you know, you know what I mean? And I don't. I think it was Jeremy O'Harris that identified Lil Nas X as a stunt queen. I think it was him that said that. But I was like, nigga, you're a stunt queen. <laughs> you're a stunt queen. No, when when Jeremy when Jeremy O'Harris goes on Twitter and is like telling people, oh, well, if you actually read the Euphoria script, bitch, we're right, right, right. Or well, if, if trying to say if, we if, wasn't if, engaged with the content, yeah, like, go we ahead. wasn't, we were missing something. No, nigga, you're missing the whole thing. You and that's another thing too. That's like part of how I think men just are. Like, I think it really is something integral to manhood because I see male graduate students act like this all the time. But it's like, niggas just become trained yeah, in yeah. the performance of seeming like they're saying something instead of actually saying something. Bitch, you know, I'm a, oh, I'm a 1987 old school black feminist bitch, okay? Like, that's that's the literature I think matters, right? Like, I don't know, like, Tony K. Bambara, for example, was very aware of that. Very aware. And she's so, like, foul-mouthed. I love her. I love her. But she, she says something to, like, the degree of, like, like, mouth don't win, mouth don't win the war, right? She's like, what's actually gonna bring us out of here is a real engagement with the fundamental problem. And she don't say nothing about no humanism. She won't say nothing about that. She said, I don't know what that work is, right? But we fundamentally have to confront the problem if we're going anywhere. You know what I mean? If we, you know what I mean? Because our lives literally depend on it. And I think that's a, I think for everybody that reads that, you, we each find our personal work in doing that. You know what I mean? Like, Tony Morrison says, like, your job is if you're free, you got to free somebody else, bitch. It ain't, it's not a grab, you know, it's not a one grab, whatever. Like, you can be a stunt queen. The, the girls will eat that up. Maybe that's what we're meant to do in life in this capitalist world, right? Like, maybe that's, maybe that's how you, that's how you do it, right? right? Yeah. But it's like. Yeah. For some people, maybe that's what this podcast does, right? Like, I'm sure some people watch and they're like, yeah, these bitches are just stunt queens. But the, but the Bitch, other is, I, go ahead. I, I, I am a stunt queen in certain regards, right? On my Instagram, I post my ass because it's fat. But outside of that, bitch... Right. No. And I, and it actually really... It, especially because I write about sexuality, right? And you know it's many, uh, it's many of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make sure that I'm fucking saying something. Many I'm making sure that yes. I'm not calling my shit... Big black dick, da, 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 like as like a like a catchy, you know what I mean? Like, and then not actually say anything. Like that's really important to me. Um, and I think that men in general need to do much much better about that. Like, you're actually fooling nobody. And personally, I think it's embarrassing. Like, I think it's embarrassing. Like, especially to like use like the resource of black life in this deceitful way. Right, like it, not even deceitful in this way that actually mm. isn't giving anything back, isn't isn't marking your time on this earth with any sort of like you know what I mean. That mm. you're not you're not bringing that into your work. You're not bringing where we're at in the greater context of like fucking literally black freedom, my nigga. Like or like you know if those things even mean anything anymore. But like I'm just like yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just like do better. Like stop being stunt queens, everybody. Dig into your art. Get into it, mama. We want to see it.
Otherwise, get the fuck out. And this is why I'm a yeah. rude Spanish bitch who's yeah. seldom impressed. <laughs> and that is why, you know, like, but but to your point, that is that is why in order to become successful and marketable, Black women filmmakers have to be Ava DuVernay. Like, give us a story, man. Give us something that isn't out there. Like, what what is... What is the purpose of you having all these resources, having, you know, all, all of this available to you? And yeah, what is what is the purpose of you taking all of that, needing all of this, making uh, making us invest in this and then just giving us a mere exhibit? Something that I also learned. And again, I, I'm in I'm in QEs right now, so I'm reading everybody and I don't know who's saying what, but it's probably Sylvia Winter, right? Who's saying something about like abolition. Abolition also comes with like building something anew. Like part of what happens when and especially with what she's doing, part of what happens when you're dismantling the system or like a certain sort of system that you're trying to talk about or that you're rubbing up against in like the controversy of your play or whatever, like in a way that's not fictitious, that's where your job as a creative, as a writer, as an intellectual comes in. What do we do with that, with that problem? In real plain terms, every piece of art, anything that's a presentation to the world needs to come with in order for it to actually be subversive, for it to actually be important, for it to actually be creative, for it to actually be imaginative and thinking beyond the end of the world, it has to engage power. And like, I know everybody's like done with power because like Foucault says something about it, but like actually no, like niggas really forget that we, we live in a world organized by power, right? Like that fundamentally has to come across, like that's what people want. Like, that's the only way that we can actually talk about certain things. If we are starting from a place where we can actually engage desire, right? Where we can actually engage like, like livingness, right? And, and be able to relate to that, be able to relate to that on this stage can only be done if you're aware of how power has already produced the situation, how we already stand within like the heart of power, right? But it needs to, it needs to elude us there or tell us directly that it knows that. Otherwise, we're just blocked out. Otherwise, you're just a stone. <laughs> like, and like I said, sometimes it means like showing us what needs to happen, right? I, I find that really, really important actually. And I need to know as a viewer and as an audience member that somebody's thinking about life after the end. Um, I personally need that. I need to know that actually the problem is with the world. Um, and I need to know that these categories have been naturalized, but that I'm also engaged with that this has partly structured my life, but that my life, right? Like in humor, right? Like the way we just described in humor, like that's a different world. Like that's a different type of orientation. That's doing something with that sort of impossibility, right? Like, girl, we're not, we're not changing nothing, right? We're not saving nobody, but it is a window and it is doing something and it is on the behalf of and within the world of people who are at the end of the world already, like experiencing the world at the end of it. Um, yeah. So, and, and, and I know, and like, you know, that's something that we see very much eye to eye on. We hate that. Like we, a stunt queen, we hate that. We hate that shit. We hate art like that. We don't like to be told that you're about to save us when you're not. Um, I think that's the crucial part telling you that, like, I know, I know of what I'm capable of and I'm not, and I'm telling you that I don't have my cards hidden, but I think there's a value in this because of these sets of questions. And like, I think that like, if you're going to chase the impossible thing, right? Like if it's that important to you, it sometimes feels like it is for me. 
then show us what needs to change in order for that impossibility to, you know, come about. And you know what I mean? Maybe it's maybe like, tell us something about the world itself, right? Tell us about the, draw us to that. Take us as close to that impossibility as you possibly can, like with the resources you have, right? Because like you're a fucking artist you're it's your responsibility to think like and i think that's also like what's really like i don't know like it, it's, it means it means even more talking to you because again you're actually poor but like feeling like when people are like oh like i'm so shy like about like but people do all type of stuff like that when it comes to like or you know what i mean because they're like i don't want to like speak for black people like da, 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 da. like I think that you and I both have the understanding that it's like, actually, no, a lot of people, especially like our families, like count on us to do that. Like, that's what I feel, honestly, like my family barely knows what I'm doing, but they're like, you are holding on to something and like taking it to this other place and still coming back with this part of you still attached. Like, and I want you to keep doing that. And I think that literally that's my resource. Like, that's where I'm like, all right, like. I know I can, I live, like I have, I live in an apartment by myself because I'm a fucking graduate student. Like, yeah, we all get paid like no money, but bitch, this allows me to have my own apartment. You know what I mean? And have the time and the space to myself to literally push myself to literally dream. Like, that's what the fuck I'm trying to do. Like, we can actually do things. Like there are actual, there are actual places like power is a thing that I think we can actually identify and locate and fight against, especially in this like presentation, like not a presentation, like a, a stage or like a art or like whatever, like a text, like stage that for us, take us to that, show us what power is and show us what it looks like within the context of your world. I don't think, you know what I mean? That you always go to like a particular way that power looks like i don't i'm i'm mostly more, that's why i'm interested in sex i'm like everybody thinks this is like the like antithesis of of power like no baby that's like that's where power is like that i'm i'm interested in shit like that right even if it even if it teaches me another way that i'm unfree like maybe that's just what i need to confront i'm also a slave to desire i think everybody is the way that I feel compelled sometimes by nothing but raw desire just seeping out of my fucking cranium. Not everyone, can, but some people, some people who are not gay, it could be any other element of their life. They know what it means to be just like compelled by a desire that they don't feel like they often have control over or like by a desire that they feel is taboo or just like they know what it feels like to be I know, you know, I use this phrase all the time, but like to be dragged by desire. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that is that like little in between you're talking about. It's just like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the, the way they're thinking, they're like, you would, wouldn't you? And you're like, bitch, you would, wouldn't you? Well, you especially know? you, bitch. <laughs> especially you. I literally, I know, I know, like, I know when you're in that mood. <laughs> when you're, when you, you. Bitch, nine nine times out bitch, of ten. You love you a straight nigga, bitch. You're like, <laughs> bitch, like, literally, it's my at your knees, bitch, <laughs> crawling. Yes, that is so true. Desire does inform how you tell jokes, how people relate to them. Continue. Same. Well, way. I was just saying, like, I've noticed the way uh, this one particular person, or yeah how gay men joke with this person and like me included and you know i'm different from all you bitches um you know i don't like straight men okay at all like no i like my niggas gay but this person does like get that out of me like i'm like why am i doing this and i really (laughs) it's also like about that relational piece it's like that also that like recognition that there's a little bit of wiggle room yeah. there bitch and we just be yeah and i literally see it i see it and the power of the fact bitch you know that the fact is powerful than you that's what it is it's like you know that only i could bring this thing out of you and this thing that confuses you and that keeps you like whatever like i that's me like 
I can I can see the feel of it, yeah. So here's a development. You know, it's development. I feel like at one point I was like, oh, gotta get over this. This is so immature. This is some archaic remnant of my child self. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> it is how I'm composited. Like it is because, bitch. I I and you know, yes, like. But you're gay. I'm like I actually have. <laughs> I'm fucking a faggot, you know? Like, like, this is just how the cards came literally, out. Like, literally. And there's something, and, and also, there's something, a part of also what you mean by that, or what I think you're saying about being gay is like, it's like part of being gay is like partly defined by there being like no like regular sort of, I mean, maybe this is like less true these days, but you know, it's not, it's not your life isn't about coming into contact with gays all the time, like in the normal world. But then there's yeah. also this other side, yeah. especially in Mexico city where you're, where like desire is like gay desires, like everywhere. So it's like, I don't know. It's like, yeah. the, we're literally in that space always like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. But I felt yeah. Like I was about to say that. yeah. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, like, you know, if someone comes into town or someone if someone is visiting and people have been visiting a lot, someone comes into town and they're not gay, I have to assess why are you what's what's going why? Why are you here? Which isn't to say that there's no like there's generally a reason, which is just that like the fantasy, right? Fantasy mm-hmm. doll. But I'm so much more acutely aware of how important how important and exhausting that is that I'm at a point where I can pick and choose now. I'm like, okay, um, that humor that you described earlier, that would fill me up. But some days I'm like, no, that humor would actually exhaust Mm. me. You know, like the way that you talk about it often, you're just like, you know, like, I feel like you're, you you can engage it, but you're less filled up by it. I think I'm so like perfect for not desiring straightness. That really makes me a top tier gay. Top to the top, bitch. <laughs> I mean, every once in a while, it does come through. Like, when I'm in public, like, especially since I spend so much time at home, like, part of how I, like, part of, like, what it means to, like, take a break from my work for me is to, like, go walk around the lake and, like, look at men <laughs> and, like, get literally inspired <laughs> um, or just, like, walk around. And I'm just, like... Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I guess in that sense, I'm, I can be a straight man's whore. Just like, baby, I'm just, I'm not even, I like, I don't, I'm not even interesting in fulfilling this desire. Like, I'm just like, purely, purely just want to look. Because I love seeing, this is one of the last things I tweeted. I just saw like the most beautiful man and like, I didn't even need to talk to him or anything. I was just so thankful to see him. (laughs) And it's not about whether you desire me or not. It's like the feelings that like erupt. It's like still totally about you. Like it's your performance. It's like, which I relate to. Like, like, right. It's like, no, it's like, this is what's coming up for me. And this is what I like to feel. And this is the space I want to be in. And this is the only way I'm going to want to fuck you. Like, period. (laughs) Period. Uh, Wow. So... Season three. What is new with you, Gilberto, since the last time we talked? When was the... I don't even know when the episode was. Well, we were living together, so... It was 2020. That's crazy. Isn't that? Pre-Panny. What was it, pre-Panny, or...? No, I think you started this during... I think... Well, actually, no. I think it might have been... Yeah, pre... I think you're right, actually. Because we were, like, going out, I think. Like, that was in the air still. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That's that crazy. A while ago. Yeah, that, that literally feels like a lifetime ago. But you've been on it. I can't say I've done anything <laughs> with that level of commitment. <laughs> <laughs> so, congrats uh, to you, ho. You have a new hole, a new hat. Um, okay, yeah, my updates. A new, a new cut. Do I? I feel like I was bald then, too. But, mm-hmm. so let's see, now, still in school, third year in the department, mm-hmm. 
here. I'm qualifying this. Hey, Lindsay. Uh, um, I'm qualifying this year, <laughs> this semester. So um, that's been my preoccupation. I've just been in this apartment, smoking weed, reading books, writing paragraphs. And living my best life, honestly. I actually, yeah, I actually have been feeling good this year. I, like, went to sleep at, like, 8 p.m., like, December 31st or whenever. (laughs) Is there a December 32nd? (laughs) But, um... (laughs) But literally, that's where I was at. No, because I literally got COVID. So I was sick as fuck. When? I got COVID, bitch, like... Oh, yeah, like around New Year? Yeah, when I went, to, remember, I was in Mexico. I was in Cancun. Um, so, bitch. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole other thing. So, anyway, I tested positive when I got back and I got really sick. So, I went to sleep at 8 p.m. And, bitch, when I tell you the next day, I woke up and I was like, period. <laughs> I was like, bitch, day one. Period. I'm I dead. Like, page, <laughs> I was literally like, page one. I'm dead. I was literally like, like next phase. And you, and you thought you were in, and you, and you thought you were in the good place. And I literally, <laughs> bitch, literally, <laughs> level twenty two. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I've kind of been, yeah. That's, been, that's real. Yeah, that's been my thing this year. Like, try, or since the year has started to like, because I remember so clearly feeling like together and like able and capable Mm -hmm. and happy so i've really been trying to hold on to that especially this week actually has been getting like really hitting the fan um it's just been Mm -hmm. stressful um but that's what i'm up to what are you up to what's new with you what's new with me well uh yes i am in mexico (laughs) I'm in Mexico. I have been in Mexico City since um, August. Oh, yeah, my appendix burst the day I got here on the flight here. That happened. I survived that. Um, I got COVID Mm -hmm. a few, maybe like a month ago, two months ago, around the same time you did. Um, uh, So, you know, trooper there. Um, Yeah. Yeah, he's growing. Hello, my puppy. He's growing. Um, yeah. Oh, and then I guess yeah. I, I don't think I'd ever said on the podcast like I did. I've left grad school. I'm not. I'm on leave. Um, the way I got like three texts. So that's been when you like tweeted something um, like that the other day. People were like, "Did John John drop out of grad?" School? I was like, "Girl, I yeah, yeah." It's so funny. That is also what I encountered, yeah. which I guess is why I had subconsciously not done it. Um, yeah. I also like didn't think it was really important because I, yeah, like I have left, but I haven't left. Like whatever, um, we'll see. But um, yeah, like and also like people who are grad students, like two, like two or three people hit me up, like, hey, like I would really love to talk about like your journey, and I get it, and I'm and I'm gonna talk with them, and like if you're listening. I don't hate you. Like, it's a natural thing to say. But what I should preface our conversations with probably is telling you, like, yeah, I'm going to tell you nothing you don't already right. been thinking about, you know, like, I, di- I certainly mm. didn't leave for any reason that you wouldn't like. And, um, you know, and like, I did have a professor hit me up, not at Berkeley, but like another professor be like, are you like, like, did something happen? And I was like, no, like, like, I'm good. Like, of the places yeah. to do it, Berkeley's a place like I'm not harmed. Um, but yeah, I was like, if we don't all stop pretending, <laughs> like, like dramatic. It's also like an idea that people have of you too. Like it's like, girl, just because like, you're smart, don't gotta be fuck. You don't gotta be this it. shit. Like it's really not that big a deal, girl. You could read books whether you in a graduate department or not. It's very much about it's a task and it's about whether you want to you yeah. want to do that or not, bitch. The task. Honestly, I was saying to somebody the other day, I was like, "This is the most stable I've seen you yeah. in the past like four years." Like, I love this for you. Like, just like the kind of com- 
kinds of conversations we have like <laughs> nowadays like i'm like oh yeah this bitch is this bitch has this bitch is sitting with herself this bitch is taking her medicine this bitch is you know, like, outside of the U.S., this bitch is really growing the fuck up. Like, just, like, you know, like, whatever that means for you, really concentrating on what it is that you want to do in this world or whatever the fuck. But I think it's showing. And I love you. I love you, too.